Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! We have officially started the second quarter of the year. And with the quarter continuing, that means more bullshit to talk about in the world of comic book stuff that's going on. Welcome, everyone. I am Mike Garcia, and this is Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast. It has been now a week, probably a little bit more. And with everything going on, as you know, if you haven't heard, I switched to Saturdays. Because I feel like, you know what? Saturdays are the best times for me to gather my wits, gather my thoughts together. And considering that the 9 to 5 job really has been kicking my ass a little bit in terms of enabling me, disabling me, to work on whatever I want to work on during the week. But that doesn't mean that I can't come back, gather my thoughts together in a very clear and thoughtful type of perspective. And what better way to do it than to talk about what the hell has been going on this week. You got fucking comedians slapping people left and right. Then you got people with a multiple personality disorder debuting on Disney Plus. And then Morbius comes out. And oh my God, it was absolutely one of the biggest disappointments that I've ever seen in my life. Holy shit. Holy shit. I tweeted about this the other day where I've been seeing a lot of the Rotten Tomatoes things that's been going on for Morbius. And I think it has like a 16 or 17% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I get it. I get it. I usually am not the type of guy to pay attention to things like that. I don't like to base my opinion over a number based on critics that a lot of people really have no idea what whatever it is that they're watching. However, however, considering that they're in the much more professional standpoint in terms of reviewing stuff there are ways to take what they say to a grain of salt and then I want to wait until the audience score comes out and it came out to like 69% on the audience score and I'm like okay well it can't be that bad it it, it can't be that terrible <laughs> I mean it's a Marvel character under the Sony umbrella <laughs> there's no way it could be that terrible <laughs> and then I saw it and I'm like oh my god <laughs> I just spent $16.50 for nothing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. One of the best jokes that I've actually heard early this week, not early this week, I say a few days ago, where a coworker of mine said, you know, I have a guy that actually streamed it, found a way to stream it, and he was like, I want my money back. <laughs> I think that's exactly what I felt when I saw Fant Forstick. That's exactly the type of thought that I felt. But I'm getting a little bit too of my head of myself here. I just jumbled my words there. Getting way too far ahead. Let's try to tackle this one at a time because there's a lot to go over today. There's a lot that needs to be said, especially from the Oscars to what's going on now. It's time for me to go and do the damn thing. Let's start. With that being said, we're going to start with number one. Will slaps Chris Rock and the whole ordeal with that. Number two, Moon Knight's debut on Disney+. Plus. My quick thoughts on that. And three, the Morbius review. Spoilers, not spoilers. I don't know. Who knows? All of that is coming up right in a bit. Ah, the Oscars, the one day where everyone just comes together and watch celebrations that goes on for people, actors and actresses from all over the globe that has been in spectacular movies and spectacular cinema and to show us that even you, yes, you, you can do it and everyone can do it. We're the best of the best. And yet all of that gets overshadowed by the slap that the world has heard. 
goddamn, what is it that I can say differently that hasn't been said before? What is it that I can say that really can even give a different perspective? And then I think about it, I'm like, even if I give a different perspective on this, it's almost like I'd be justifying what Will Smith did. Now, obviously, you pretty much know the story already, but in case you don't, for whatever reason, Will Smith gets up on stage and slaps Chris Rock after Chris Rock made an a G.I. Jane joke to Jada Pinkett Smith because of her short, bald head. I wouldn't say bald, but, you know, her short hair, her short head. And apparently, they didn't like that very much. Oh, no, 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 no. They, meaning Will Smith, and he didn't like it, even though he initially laughed at the joke and then looked over to his wife, Jada Pinkett, and she didn't like it. So, of course, he had to turn face and, you know, be a, a badass or whatever the hell he was doing, goes up on stage and slaps Chris Rock, and then he said, Keep my wife's name out your fucking mouth. And of course, Chris Rock is like, it's a G.I. Jane joke, dude. Yes, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Jesus, man. Jesus, where do I even begin with this? I'm going to start on Will Smith's side, and then I'm going to transition over to, to Chris Rock in general. The whole Smith, this whole situation is by far one of the most craziest things, if not the craziest thing that I've ever seen on the Oscars by far. And I've skipped the last couple. I really have. And what's baffling to me was when that situation happened. First of all, there were two things that really, really, in a way, kind of got under my skin. The people that believed this was fake and the people that actually was defending Will Smith's actions. I don't understand why there are a lot of people to this day and people that I personally work with at my radio station. There are people to this day that still believe that it was rehearsed. Everything was a fake. Well, the Academy Awards ratings were going down and, 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 and this situation had to happen. What? What? Do you honestly think, are you hearing yourself right now, bro? Are you hearing yourself? Do you honestly still believe that the Academy Awards, with their ratings that are so low and that has not been relevant in the past few years, would go as far in terms of staging and assault on national television? What? Are you hearing yourself right now? I understand that maybe you're a conspiracy theorist, and I, to all credit, everyone is entitled to their opinion. I, I freaking get that. But come on now. Come on. You're smarter than that. You are smarter than that. And what's baffling to me were the people that defended Will Smith's actions. There was one, like, oh, you don't understand what women is going through with their alopecia thing. First of all, I've never even heard of this term. That's number one. I've never even heard of this alopecia thing up until that moment. And then I thought about it, and as I realized, you know what? Is there something going on here that is going way, way deeper? First of all, I get that a lot of women may be unheard of right now that are suffering through this thing because a woman's hair is part of their natural beauty. It's part of their identity. It's part of what makes them, you know, whole or whatever the case may be. I get that. And it's devastating to females. It really is. But number one, I highly doubt Chris Rock even knew about this condition. That's number one. And not to mention, this is Chris Rock, a professional stand-up comedian beloved by many, many fans around the world, has no malicious intent towards Jada Pinkett, even if he wanted to. And by far, by the way, if he did want to make a very, very malicious joke, he could have mentioned on how she's sleeping with another man or she's sleeping with other people while being married to Will Smith. First of all, and, and, and the next thing, the Smith family, this thing is fucking weird, bro. It's fucking weird. It all started with this whole roundtable thing a couple of years ago with the whole entanglement thing. Now, I have to be honest with you. I didn't watch the whole video. I did not watch the whole round discussion because I cannot sit there 
and listen to someone justifying their actions. Whatever their reason is, whatever bullshit excuse they want to come up with, I cannot sit there and listen to someone justify their actions in terms of why they broke someone else's heart. I can't do that. I I just can't. Now, whether you believe your reasonings are good or not, whether you believe it's right or wrong, whether whatever you believe, the fact of the matter is Jada Pinkin was hated after that video surfaced. She was, she became one of the most hated, despised females ever. And then you see Will Smith there and he's heartbroken. He really is. He's heartbroken over what it is that he's hearing. And then they agreed. I think they, they agreed that they were going to be in an open relationship. That this was going to be something that they're just going to have to live with and deal with. And I'm pretty sure ever since that moment. And not only that. In addition. In addition to the whole boycotting situation. Do you remember that a couple of years ago? The whole. Oh. Uh, only white Oscars. Or hashtag white Oscars only. Or whatever the case was. And. Jada Pinkett Smith uh, made a video on why she was boycotting the Oscars. And I remember Chris Rock, he actually got up on stage and he actually made light of the situation because that's what professional comedians do. They make light of the situation. They take serious shit and make light of it because, come on, comedy is subjective. And it's not like he was insulting them. He was taking what they said and made it funny. Pretty much along the lines of, yeah, Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith are boycotting the Oscars. That's like uh, something along the lines of, that's like me trying to get into Rihanna's panties. You know, or I'm trying to boycott Rihanna's panties. You weren't invited. I wasn't invited. Something along those lines. And it was ever since then, combined with the whole entanglement with August. Entanglement. I actually just saw a recent YouTube video on the whole rap situation with the whole uh, remix on the entanglement thing. It's hilarious. If you haven't seen it, go on YouTube, watch it. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But this whole entanglement with August. Entanglement, entanglement, entanglement with August, August, August. (laughs) Oh my God, that still gets me to this day. Everything combined most likely has been building Will Smith up inside. It really has been. And in his way, he was probably thinking, you know what? It's time for me to be a man. It's time for me to save face. It's time for me to 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 show to the world that I'm no punk, that I'm no cuck, that I'm no simp, that that I that I am defending for my family. I am defending for this. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I don't care what people's excuses are. Even though what I everything that I just said was probably a different excuse or a reasoning in terms of why he did what we did. But the fact is, there is no excuse, none whatsoever, to get up and assault someone on national television. There is no excuse for it. Will Smith is probably one of the Biggest bitches I've ever seen now by far. And I respected the guy, bro. I respected him. I grew up with Fresh Prince. I grew up with Men in Black. I grew up with Hancock. I grew up with a lot of his movies. Hell, he was going to star in The Matrix, for God's sakes, before that role got switched to something else. Do you remember Wild Wild West? Uh, he he gave up, if you, haven't, if you don't know, he gave up the role of The Matrix to star in Wild Wild West. Not the greatest move in his career, but hey, at the time, whether it was good or not, it was it was a classic. It was a classic for young folks like me. It was a classic for us to watch Will Smith in his movies. I mean, hell, Will Smith is fucking awesome. Was awesome, but he was fucking awesome back in the day. And to shatter your whole image. And he won an Oscar after that. This is the thing that really this is the thing that really, really boggles my mind to this day. It really does. The fact that no one did anything. 
the Academy Awards then didn't do anything, even though there are now newspapers coming out of nowhere saying, oh, we were trying to get him out. We, we were we were going to call security. We were going to do this. You didn't do you guys didn't do shit. You guys didn't do a goddamn thing. And what do Oscars, the, the other, not the Oscars, what do the rest of the, uh, the, the, the actors and the people there, uh, I'm dropping my phone left and right here, oh my goodness. What did everybody else do? They gave a standing ovation. He, uh, Will Smith later on that night won, Oscar, won in the Oscar for Best Actor for King Richard. The movie that, that basically gives you the perspective of the whole Williams family. And I'm saying to myself, so by letting him stay there, not pressing charges, even though Chris Rock did say he wasn't going to press charges, and we're going to get to him in a bit. Even though Chris Rock said he wasn't going to press charges, no security left him out. And on top of that, Denzel Washington, Tyler Perry, consoled him or confronted him and comforted him. And everybody else that is now in standing ovation, ah, ah, and fucking Will Smith is crying all over his speech. Ah, 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 you're you're awesome. And Will Smith, yes, yes, yes. We're all about love. We're all about respect. We're all about kindness. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Oh my god, I am getting heated now. I really am. Oh, I was not heated when I was thinking about this, but now I'm talking about. Oh, I'm getting fucking heated. Holy shit. All of you that are on Will Smith's side in this, all of you that have stood up, and I'm talking about the Hollywood people and everybody else, all of you condone this. That's the part that really bothers me the most. Every one of you that, have, that, that is standing on Will's side, uh, the, the people that are giving standing ovations for this, the people that are congratulating Will and everything else, you are condoning this. That action alone basically overshadowed everything in terms of what the other Oscar winners have done. Overshadowed everything. And now, this has now become an open door, an open policy, not an open policy, but this has now created a floodgate of people around the world now where if they go to a comedy club and if one comedian says something wrong or one comedian says something too far-fetched or whatever the case may be, what's to, what's to stop the next guy to go up on stage and start a fight? In fact, what's to stop the next guy from bringing a gun, God forbid, bringing a fucking gun in the comedy store and just shoot a guy or woman right in their place because, oh, they're triggered and they, they're too sensitive and they can't handle a joke and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Comedians deal with hecklers almost every single day. And now, and now because of people actually condoning what Will Smith did, who's to stop the next guy? Hmm? Where does this stop? Where does this stop? Oh my God, it's baffling to me. It really is. There is no excuse for what he did. There is no excuse for anything. You can try to justify it as much as you want. Oh, she's suffering from alopecia. Oh, um, you know, uh, the frustration's been, been building up inside him. Oh, uh, he wants to save face. Uh, he, was, he was looking after his family. He was protecting his family's honor. Shut the fuck up. He assaulted a fellow comedian, a fellow actor, one of the most beloved human beings ever, essentially called Jada Pinkett Smith a badass, you're justifying that kind of represents or kind of shows what kind of person you are. It really does. Now, on the other side of this coin, let's go to Chris Rock. He did not want to press charges. I think a couple people already asked me, oh, why didn't he want to press charges? Why do you want? Because he's a nice guy. He doesn't want this drama to escalate more than what it is or what it should be. He probably thought at that moment that he maybe have gone a little bit too far, even though he hasn't, even though around the world he hasn't. And everybody else can say, dude, you did nothing wrong here. You did absolutely nothing wrong. 
So of course he doesn't want to press charges. He's not that he doesn't have malicious intent. He's not that type of guy. But I'll tell you though, this has gone great wonders for Chris Rock. I believe his his upcoming uh comedy tour has sold out completely. They raised up ticket prices and people are on his side. They're showing that now they are on his side. And it's baffling that still, that still people still look the other way. To put this to a close, because I do want to get to my other two points of the day. To put this to a close, I just want to say this. I have never in my life have probably been more disappointed in Will Smith till now, more than now. More than now. I've never been so disappointed in him till right now. The best thing for him right now is to divorce Jada Pinkett. They want to be in an open relationship. That's fine. Divorce with each other. You guys love your kids. Find a way. Will Smith, you need fucking therapy. Yeah, I don't know if you have been going to therapy before, but if you haven't, if you have, it's not working. You need professional counseling. Jada Pinkett, you need to go the fuck away. You need to go the fuck away. Chris Rock, a lot of people would say, oh, I should sue Will Smith for $200 million, whatever number they said, because this is in perp- And it's true. This video is in perpetuity now. It's, it can never be taken away. It can never be taken down. It can never be taken away. This is not something that you could easily just brush underneath the rug. This is something that will be talked about for a very, very long time. Every time we now watch the Oscars. Will Smith can do whatever he wants now. He can, well, not whatever he wants. He can come out and say, oh, well, um, I... I'm I'm resigning my academy membership, and I apologize to Chris to Chris Rock, and and this is not how this is not how I want how I want to conduct myself. I am a vessel of love. Those are the words that he used. I am a vessel of love. We have to spread kindness. We have to spread you know a, a positivity around the world. I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but I just hope that. If there is any sort of peace that both parties, Chris Rock and Will Smith, can find, it's this. Will Smith, divorce Jada Pinkett, get out of this relationship, go do your thing, go do whatever you need to do to make you happy. Whatever it is that whoever, Marco Robbie, go after her. Like, I don't know if Marco Robbie's married or not, probably, I don't know. But, you know, there's great chemistry with both of you there. Screw it. Will Smith, Marco Robbie, there, there you go, boom. You know, Chris Rock, who knows what he's feeling behind the stage, behind the scenes? Who the hell knows what he's feeling? I wish him nothing but the best. Will, you need to short your shit out. Jada Pinkett, go fuck yourself. That's all I want to say about that. That was a lot for me to handle. That was a lot for me to say. So let's jump right into Moon Knight. We're going to take a short break and we will be right back. So Moonlight has finally made his debut on Disney Plus. And just when I thought if there was a best way for us to know that the Batman could start the beginning of the March Madness, it would be Moonlight that would end it completely. And I have to say, even though I had initial thoughts in terms of how this episode was going to be, and by initial thoughts I mean... They were going to give another origin story and we were going to watch Moon Knight just be the badass that he is in terms of dealing with the multiple personalities that he has. I have to say, I'm intrigued. I really am. For those of you that don't know the history about Moon Knight, and I'm not going to go too far in depth here, but basically 
Mark Spector or Stephen Grant, depending on who you view as the protagonist in this story as of right now, he deals with dissociative identity disorder, or in other words, multiple personality disorder. And from in the comics, from what I remember, he has five different personalities. There is Mark Spector, Stephen Grant, which we've been seeing mostly in the in the show so far in the first episode, Mr. Knight and Moon Knight himself. I believe there's I'm sure there is a fifth one. I think his name is Jake something. I completely forgot what it was, but he deals with the multiple personality disorder. And it would make sense and for the cin- uh, for the cinematography and the editing to show that he's going through changes. He's blacking out when he he doesn't remember certain things or he knows that a lot of time has passed by. He was supposed to have a date with a woman that it was supposed to be Friday and then all of a sudden it became a Sunday. And he's having these memory lapses where he can't remember certain things. And he has a phone where someone called him Mark and he's like all baffled and shit. It's pretty clear at this moment right now that Disney is now focusing on people with disabilities and trying to utilize them to the best of their intentions in terms of how not not only in terms of how they go throughout their lives, but how exactly they transition in terms of being the awesome badass superhero that they are. And it kind of makes sense. Daredevil was the first, even though Daredevil was part of Marvel Netflix. Daredevil, in a way, was the first. Then came Echo. Now Hawkeye with the hearing impairment. And now they have Moon Knight with multiple personality disorder. So in a way, it kind of makes sense. And I get the image that they're trying to make here in terms of we're trying to be more diverse. We want to represent everybody, yada, yada. I get that. But with Moon Knight being an awesome character that he is, I'm actually more intrigued now than ever. It does not help that this is a PG-13 content. This is a PG-13 show, from my understanding. This is a PG-13 show. I don't, I don't remember if it was TV-14 or TVMA or Rated R. By the way, I had to go to Disney Plus and I had to like change everything from scratch because ever since the migration of the Marvel Netflix shows within Disney Plus, now you have to set your thing manually on your app. So <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. But... I'm more intrigued now in terms of where Moon Knight is going to go. And I forgot who the the bad guy's name was. I forgot the uh, the main antagonist is. But the moment I saw him putting glass in his shoes and then he... I'm like, oh my god. Oh, yeah, I was feeling that. I'm like, oh my god. Oh, that has got to be uncomfortable. Oh my god. Oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, god. Oh, god damn. Fucking walking around with glass in your feet. Ah, oh, screw that. Screw that, man. Screw that. But I will say this, though. The action scenes are probably one of the best that I've seen in a while in terms of a Disney plus Marvel show. Like, right away, even though this thing is about 47 minutes long, including the credits, it's about 47 minutes long. I have to say... It has a lot of the action sequences and it's probably one of the best that I've seen in a while. It really is. And it's one of those moments where you can kind of, I wouldn't say connect with the main protagonist, but you kind of connect with Steven and, you know, he's trying to work and he's always late and he's trying to, you know, get with a girl and he knows that he's weird, that something's wrong with him. And, you know, it's one of those moments where you you just can't help but feel bad for the guy. And I do like the fact that they have this in London because New York, there's always something going on. But if this is on the other side of the world, if this is in London, and we don't have to worry about everything that goes on in New York. It actually expands the world a little bit more. And by expanding the world, I mean, there's so much more you can do with this character without intersecting or crossing with another thing that's going on in terms of New York in general. That's kind of what I felt about Morbius. And we're going to talk about that in a little while after this. But there are moments where you know full well that something is wrong. And it has a very, very horrifying theme to it. Like this has a very scary theme to it. I'm pretty sure if they could have made this TVMA or or rated M for Mature. Or that's games. Uh, TVMA or rated R or whatever, they could have gone way far-fetched into this. It really is. 
fact that you see Khonshu, the, you know, the moon god or the moon specter or whatever the hell he is, and the fact that he's walking and he is in the elevator and my girlfriend is right next to me. She goes, oh, my God, I'm scared. I'm scared. Oh, my God. And I'm thinking to myself, well, hold on, hold on. There's something might happen. And he's just walking towards him and he's, and he's walking, he's walking towards him. And one of the best scenes that I've seen was probably at the very end where this dog mummy is like trying to get out of the room and because <laughs> you see that in horror movies when someone is trying to get out of the room and they're trying to claw through the ground and someone just from an out of shot angle pulls them right back. He's like, no! <laughs> I love that scene. And Moon Knight just beating the shit out of him just, uh, uh, uh. And it just walks away. I'm I'm interested to see more. I can't I can't wait to see the next episode. I really can't. I know there are six episodes in total, because of course there is. And I do know full well that there's gonna be one of those moments where it's like, all right, well, what episode is the one that really slows down? It just, just really slows down in terms of what I what I perceive to be. Who the hell knows? But so far, two thumbs up. Episode is awesome. I highly recommend you go see it if you haven't seen it already. Now, will I review every episode that comes out every week? Probably not. This is just my quick thoughts on it. And I want to review the show after it's done. Instead of just targeting show by show by show by show by show. I want to do that before. I, I want to view it as a whole before I give my quick thoughts on everything instead of being a week-to-week -week basis. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean. But anyway, that's what I think about Moon Knight. Pretty cool, pretty clever. I've in my in, if I have to give any criticism or if I have to give any of a um, you know, if I have to critique it in any way, up the horror theme a little bit more. A little bit more. Like really push the boundaries on the horrifying theme, on the scary theme. And really hit it to the point where, oh yeah, this is disturbing. And it's fucking awesome. Just push that theme a little bit more. So that's all I gotta say. But anyway, let me go into my uh, what moment before we go into our Morbius review. I heard on the news, and news meaning Twitter, and I have no idea if this is an April Fool's joke or not. I have no idea. I have not spent a lot of time to confirm that in any way, shape, or form. But I've heard that Bill Skarsgård Bill Skarsgård, it, Pennywise, that he is going to probably reignite and become the new Crow. That there's going to be a new Crow movie and it's going to star Bill Skarsgård. Um, what? Didn't we just do this thing with Jason Momoa a few years ago where the director was like, you know what, I don't even want to touch this. It's bad luck or whatever his reasoning or his excuses were. They were far into production before they had to cancel the entire thing. Can I see Bill Skarsgård as a vengeance of love and despair? The Crow? Bill Skarsgård? Pennywise? The Crow? The Crow is Pennywise? What? I don't know. I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. And like I said, I have no idea if this is an April Fool's joke or not from yesterday, but I don't see it. And until I see it, my skeptical hippo eyes are always going to be showing. But that's enough of that. Let's go into our Morbius review. Oh, this one's going to be a doozy. Our third and final talk for this today. Let's go right into it. You know, I said on my tweet the other day that if for any reason the movie bombs, that I was just going to give up. That I'm going to be like, you know what? That's it. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm finito. Ever since what happened with Venom, Let There Be Carnage. And I remember I gave a really harsh review about it the first time. Then I nearly reviewed it again, trying to make light of the situation. Now I fall into the category of 
Mm. As I said before, and I'm going to be repeating a lot of things that I said about Venom Let to Be Carnage, my review with that. It's hard for me to separate the fan perspective of myself being a Spider-Man fan and the rogue gallery that he has and being an unbiased reviewer. It's very hard for me to separate that, which is why when I came into this movie, the movie was like 80% empty, by the way. And it was my mind of things myself. I'm like, okay, if this movie is going to be shit, at least let me have fun with it. At least let it be a guilty pleasure. At least let it be, you know, not quite like The Room, for example, or you remember The Room, right? But like, you're lying. I never hit you. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. Or <laughs> what's the story, Mark? You know, that shit. I did not hit her. It is not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> I love that movie. Fucking love it. That's what I thought that this was going to be. A guilty pleasure. But it turned into a mess of what the hell was I watching? This movie should have been out two years ago. Not that it should have been out two years ago. Like, it's hard for me to think to myself, the creators and the writers or the editors that are behind Morbius or that are behind these movies, these projects in general, how much is it studio interference? How much is it the director's choice? How much is it on the fact that Someone made a decision or a group of people made a decision and they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? Perfect final product. Send it out. And you're like, huh? Then the red flags kept hitting. Delays, multiple delays. At first, we it was easy to blame the pandemic. Oh my God, it's the pandemic's fault. Yeah, this movie is going to go through tons of delays and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then we gave another excuse again. Well, they didn't want to compete with Spider-Man No Way Home, so that's why they delayed, they delayed it an extra few months. And of course, we as the audience, we buy into it. We're like, okay, I, I see it. I, I understand now. It's going through delays. And then the movie came out. It was like, it was like they knew. It, it was like they knew. Like the Sony studio, they knew that this movie was going to be shit. The director knew this movie was going to be shit. And then, on April Fool's Day, we probably gotten the biggest joke of them all. This movie itself. So Morbius, a human vampire, suffering from a blood disease, and decided the only way for him to best cure himself was to match his DNA and incorporate his DNA with vampire blood. Or Vampire Serum to be exact. And then shenanigans happens. And. Slight spoilers by the way. But at this point. It, it really doesn't matter to me. His best friend that he kind of grew up with. Is suffering through the same thing. Not really suffering through the same thing. He doesn't really have. I don't think he. They never really stated what he has. Like I know he has a disability with him walking. But. They never really stated exactly what was wrong with him. So that was something that was confusing, but he takes the serum as well. And now it's just two vampire creatures battling against each other where the guy that made the mistake that tried to cure himself is essentially is now killing people left and right. And he realizes his best friend did the same thing. Now he has to make amends and then do whatever he can to stop him. This is not a concept that's new. This is something that's been done many, many times before, especially when it comes to a protagonist that is some, that is suffering from a disease or some kind of illness or some something from an impairment or whatever the case may be and you know he's a brilliant scientist and he's a doctor and he's going through experimentations and of course it all goes wrong and then someone that he knows very very closely takes the experiment and now he has to do whatever he can to stop him not a concept that's new that's fine with that i'm fine with that concept even though it's nothing new the main issue of this movie the editing was all over the place there were scenes that were so choppy where it literally led into one aspect of a situation and not resolving from the previous one i'll give you a quick example so there was a scene where it was towards the end 
and Morbius and the love interest, the, you know, the woman, whatever her name is, mind, I don't know, it began with an M, I don't fucking know. Anyway, so he's just with this love interest, it cuts away to a next scene, and now he's on top of a building, and it literally cuts into the main villain holding this woman by the throat. And I'm thinking to myself, wait, so there's no setup, there's no buildup to him actually walking towards her or threatening her or scaring her or anything like that. Nope, just cut, 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 and then go into the next scene right after that. And let me tell you, there are a lot of scenes that deals with that. There are a lot of scenes that deals with these choppy editing. Even the first scene from the whole movie, the scene where... Uh, he he's going in, and this is literally the very first scene. He he gets into a helicopter, and he has this machine, and he cuts his hand, and we've seen it in the trailer. He cuts his hand, and the vampire bats are coming towards him. He's you know calling them or whatever, and they're biting his hand, and then end scene. Then it goes into a flashback all the way fast forward. And in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so when did this scene take place? When exactly did this scene take place? And it was questions that I was thinking to myself. I'm like, this movie, wow. This movie is just wow. This movie is not horrible, but it's bad. It's, it's bad. Oh my goodness. The pacing issues going back and forth and the fact that it was such a CGI mess. Everything was visual effects where you could barely see the fights and you could barely see what's going on. The only fights, the only horrifying scene, my favorite scene out of everything was the submarine scene, not the submarine, the boat scene where he becomes the creature and he's starting to attack the crew guys. That was the only scary scene and was the only cool scene that I actually saw that was actually pretty dope. They never had anything else like that. There was no other action set pieces. There were no there were no other action sequences with the exception of the two guys fighting each other. Uh, everything, you know, it's all going fast. And then it's slow motion. I mean, it goes fast and then again where you can barely see anything. And then it's slow motion again. I hate it when they do things like that because you can't see anything. Fucking hell. They have no time to develop their characters. Everything was rushed. I barely cared about any of the characters whatsoever. It's at this point where every time now a Sony movie comes out that has something to do with Spider-Man, I'm now obligated to watch it because of me being a fan of the characters from the comics, from the shows, from the video games, and everything else that goes on in between. That's the only reason why I would watch them. But now it's at the point where every time when I watch them, it's at the point where, okay, well, this is probably going to be shit. Let me try to enjoy it. I didn't even enjoy it that much. I really didn't. Now, I will say, even though I critiqued Venom Let There Be Carnage way more harshly than this one, I actually enjoyed Venom 2 a little bit more than this. It was pretty clear that this movie should have been two hours. I don't know why they cut it down to like, what, an hour and a half, an hour 45? This movie should have easily been just over two hours. I don't understand what it is that Sony is doing. And then the director spoiled the, the not, not post-credit scenes, two mid-credit scenes literally a week prior to the release. I'm like, why? And the only way I'm thinking to myself, and I said this last time, I'm thinking to myself, you must believe that your movie is so bad where you actually want to justify these scenes to excuse how bad the movie is. Be like, oh yeah, the movie is bad, but hey, these credit scenes, and let's talk about those credit scenes, for example. Let's talk about those credit scenes. Uh, Yeah, Michael Keaton's character, uh, Adrian Toomes from Spider-Man um, Homecoming. You know, the vulture, yeah, he's not in the movie. He's not in the movie. The trailer was so misleading. The first the first trailer with the Beethoven theme, probably my one of my favorite trailers that I've seen in terms of this character, in terms of Sony in general, not in the movie. Completely misleading. 
completely took him out. You know that scene where I'm sure you remember the trailer, the the very the very first one, the ba da dee da dee da dee da dum, ba da da dum, dee dee dum. You know the Beethoven theme, and there were a couple of shots in that trailer where, you know, Michael Morbius he's walking in his orange you know jail jumpsuit, and you see Spider-Man's picture there, and it says murderer across, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh man, are uh, are these are people depicting these killings as being Spider-Man? Is Are they thinking that Spider-Man has gone rogue when it's actually Michael Morbius the entire time? That would have been a very interesting plot point. That would have been very, very interesting. Oh my God, these murders, these murders are happening in New York City. Who can do it? Spider-Man, that's who would do it. Spider-Man would do it because he is a menace and he should be brought to justice. That could have been an epic, epic plot point. But no, they didn't decide to do that. Trailer was whole misleading, and at the very end of the trailer shot, they go, Michael Morbius. What's up, Doc? And it's like, oh my god, how? How did this happen? When when are they going to meet? Or, or is the crossover finally coming? Yeah, the crossover happened. Just so happens that it was, and it was pretty clear with the whole... At the at the post credit scenes that they have the the purple ripple thing at the sky from Spider Man No Way Home, which means they shot this after the movie was done. It was pretty clear that they did it, which is why possibly they needed more time in order to ensure that the movie would be delayed to show that fucking scene. And what did it do? Absolutely nothing. I apologize for getting heated about this, but come on now, what did that scene do? Absolutely nothing. And then Adrian Toomes, he, you know, he shows up in this world. He pops up into this world. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, well, hope the food is better in this joint. And I'm thinking, I'm like, wait, what? You're not going to question how this happened to you? You're not going to question how this happened? Like, how did it? Why did this happen? And then how did that happen? Because I thought Doctor Strange's spell was supposed to bring everybody that knows Spider-Man into their world, not the opposite, not put characters from wherever they are into their world. Is that why Venom left? Is that why Tom Hardy left from going from his reality to No Way Home's reality and now back to where he is? Did it, are, are they depicting now that the people that have left at Spider-Man No Way Home where Peter Parker said, you know what, uh, make everyone forget about me. And, 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 and the spell that Doctor Strange had had an adverse effect where they don't really go back to their homes, but they go into an alternate, alternate dimension where now all the characters are now coming together and all of the characters are now coming into one and all of the characters that actually know Spider-Man are coming into this one... I need to calm down. I really do. Because I'm getting all jumbled and I'm getting... You understand what I'm trying to say here. I don't understand what it is that they're doing. I don't get it. And, And the... The second scene where Morbius is like driving and he's driving and he's this and he's that. And then he's getting ready like he senses danger and his and his nails are out and, you know, fangs are showing. And Vulture comes out of nowhere. He was like, well, thank you for meeting me, Doc. I think this has something to do with Spider-Man. I feel like we should team up. And then what is Morbius's reaction goes? Intriguing. I'm like, what? What do you mean Intriguing. You just spent however long it was for you to fight this vampire guy to save other people. Now this other random dude speaks to you about a character that you may not know anything about. And all you could say was intriguing. I'm going to have a moment of silence here real quick. And I'm just rubbing my eyes right now where it's like, okay. A part of me is thinking to myself, Garcia, don't worry. They know what they're doing. You just have to wait. You just have to. You just have to be patient. Here's the thing. My patience has worn off very, very thin since they keep on delaying this. And Sony, it's at this moment. It's pretty clear they're setting up their own version of the Sinister Six. It is very, very clear on that perspective. But now it seems very likely that they're trying to rely on the characters from Marvel, from the MCU, in order to make their 
uh, plot points move forward. Because let's face it, this movie Morbius, it didn't really focus on honing down and fleshing out the characters and actually make a cohesive movie. No, all they care about the same thing they did with The Amazing Spider-Man 2. It seems like they have not learned their lesson where they're focusing on what's the next thing? What's what's the next thing? Okay, what these crossovers are happening? Well, guess what? We got to do it. We got to do it fast. What's the next thing? This next thing has to happen. Let's go, 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 go. I don't hate this movie. I just find it to be utterly disappointing. Very, very disappointing. I don't know where it's going to rank in my top 10 or top 15 of the year by far this time. But chances are, it's going to be one of the very bottoms. If I have to give a rating, because there were a couple of things that I enjoyed. A couple. but. This falls slightly below the middle for me. If I have to give a number. 4 out of 10. And that's just me being generous. That's just me being generous. I did like Jared Leto as Michael Morbius. I did I did like him. But. What the fuck. What the fuck. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Wow, that was a lot, and we have reached close to an hour, so I knew there was a lot to discuss, but hey, it's a Saturday, and we're just doing what we're doing. We're just having fun with this as best we can. And my phone is buzzing. (laughs) Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, if you have anything you want to talk about, you know what to do. Go to voiceofgarcia.com and then go all the way to the bottom to email me, send me a message, and see how you want to get on the podcast if you want to have any opposing ideas in any way, shape, or form. And if that's not enough, you can follow me, tweet me, Voice of Garcia on Twitter and or Instagram. Facebook, LinkedIn, I am everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. That's how it should be. That's how it's supposed to be. It's been a long time since this is coming, and now I am being a little bit more consistent on my Saturday episodes. So I hope you enjoyed. I hope this podcast has made your day, and I will see you next Saturday where we will talk on everything that has to do with movies games, shows, news, or whatever the case may be. And always remember, always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Now, what's the next thing I'm going to review? We'll see. We'll see. Till then, till next time, take care of yourselves. Peace out.